man, if worry could save the universe, I would be your superhero gal. (laughs) This is Heart of the Story, and I'm needing Kenny Johnstone. I'm a writer and a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their memoirs and essays. But most importantly, I'm a human who's always trying to figure out what my soul is saying. Each week, I'll share stories and tips of healing, hope, and following my heart so that you'll feel inspired to follow yours. Hi, friends. Today, I wanted to have an intimate one-on-one conversation with you about some things that have been going on in my life. And as a bonus, I'm going to share five new book recommendations that I know you will absolutely love. So you'll want to hear all of those. But first, I wanted to start off by saying that I see you. Wherever you are in the world, I know that you are dealing with something. Each of us is dealing with something. And I just want you to know that you're doing a really good job. (laughs) I want you to remember that you're amazing and you're trying really, really hard. Everything can seem very glamorous on the outside if we look at people's social media feeds or what have you, but we know that every single human is grappling with something right in this very moment. And I want to acknowledge that because it very well can seem from the outside for so many people that other people's lives are just amazing (laughs) and perfect. But we know when we more deeply connect with any other human that they're going through something, whether it's a health issue, whether they're worried about something going on with one of their kids, whether they're dealing with a job situation or worried about finances or someone in the family is struggling with addiction or someone is needing care or having to be a caretaker, the list could go on and on. But everyone is dealing with something. <laughs> I myself have been dealing with some urgent family matters recently. So the past few weeks for our family have been really, really scary and emotional. And things are much better now and are on the mend now. But it has been really difficult for our family. We were talking about this on my podcast episode with Amy Pooser, which was an amazing interview. You should go back and listen to that one following the thread of serendipity. And she said, I used to think when I was little that, okay, you only have like a fill of hardship and then you've reached your quota and then it's, you know, smooth sailing from there on, <laughs> which we all wish could be the case, right? 
Because if any of us have looked back at the past couple of years, we could definitely make a case for why we have reached our quota of hardship and there should be no more ever again, <laughs> right? And it's true for my family as well. We've had a difficult couple of years and we could kind of stack up all of those things. Like we could talk about the pandemic. We could talk about losing my father to cancer. We could talk about how uh, Jamie and Gio and I got COVID a couple of months ago. We could talk about we had a relocation attempt that didn't go as planned. There are many kind of tally markers of hardship that we have faced. And yet the opposite is true as well. I recently heard something where someone was saying, if you ever are forgetting that you've had some highlight moments, just look back at your iPhone camera reel and just see what you've taken pictures of. And you'll be reminded that there were many, many glimmers. And that has certainly been true for my family. So in the midst of a very hard season, We've also had miraculous, amazing moments. So many quality one-on-one -on -one moments as a family. Beautiful nature we've gotten to experience. Life-changing trips that we've been on. You know, our adventure last summer, our road trip, was one for the books for sure. I get to have an incredible community of writers that I get to teach and coach and like, that's my job. I'm so lucky. So even though things have been very difficult and especially in the last few weeks have been very emotional, I do know that the opposite is true as well. But when we're in the hard thing, and a couple of weeks ago, I was in like the real, real hard, terrifying, anxiety producing type of moment where there's no sleep, there's only worry and hypervigilance and terror. It is just overwhelming. And so I want to talk about what helps during those times and along the way talk about books that I've been turning to for guidance and support. First and foremost, there are just things that I do when I am in the midst of panic and anxiety that help just immediate relief. Sometimes it's going for a walk, meditation, journaling, talking to someone if the anxiety isn't totally overwhelming, I get myself to a library or bookstore so that even in the midst of panicky thoughts, if I'm able to at least physically get myself to a library or a bookstore, even just looking at books is really calming and soothing for me. But one of the biggest things that is part of the healing, once the immediate kind of terror has passed through of whatever situation and then I'm in this very anxious state but trying to heal one of the things that really really helps is what I call island time island time and it's 
not probably what you're thinking of. You know, it's not like a getaway to some <laughs> some tropical island, though I'm sure that definitely helps. <laughs> but I like to think of any activity that will create an island of presence for me and or my loved ones. What that means is whenever I can find an activity that puts me in a vacuum and kind of lets the rest of the world disappear for a bit and relieves me of my responsibilities for a bit or whatever hardship or trouble can just be on the periphery, that's what I think of as island time. What are the activities or the places that allow me to kind of just be on this little patch of earth and then the rest of the world and all my worries are beyond. They're even beyond the water. They're on the mainland far away (laughs) and I'm on the island sort of in a protective bubble. I love thinking of this when I think about time with Geo. We have tons of things that we do together that create island time, and I've talked about them on this podcast before. But being on the trampoline together, it's like we are on an island. We're on this mesh island. Phones are away, computers, technology, everything is inside the house. We're outside, but we're together in this netted bubble. It forces us to be really, really present with each other. And I can name a million more of these sort of island time moments. So we used to live on this little lake before we sold our home last May. And I don't even know if you would call it a lake. It was like a pond, but still enough water that you could take a kayak or pedal boat onto. And one of our favorite things to do together was kayak and we would pack some kind of snack or something. But again, it creates this sort of island. It's the two of us in the kayak Nothing else can kind of interrupt and it makes for very present moments. And notice how a lot of these things are outdoor focused because I do find that nature right away is such a healing, healing space for us. And so whether it's the trampoline or the kayak, going for a walk together or bike ride, Feeling the elements all around us creates for really, really healing moments. And I'm not alone in this. So I just so happened to be reading a book called Heartbreak, and it's by an author named Florence Williams. And the subtitle is A Personal and Scientific Journey. The thing about Florence is that she also wrote a book called The Nature Fix about how nature really heals us. And she was going about her life with her family and had been in a 20 plus year marriage when her partner asked for a divorce and she just found herself in physical, emotional, mental anguish. And because she's this scientific journalist, 
she had access to a lot of amazing experts to try to find out how to heal her heartbreak. And one of the biggest things that she has found is the beauty of nature as healing elements. It makes for that presence. It also makes for us to feel unified and connected. It gets us out of our own heads. As soon as we start moving our bodies in nature, our movement literally changes our energy, which then changes our mindset. So a lot of my island time moments happen in nature, but that's not all. When I'm with Geo, we try to do things sometimes for absolutely no other reason than just for the sake of doing something fun or silly, which in this productivity culture world that we're in is not usually celebrated. Usually we have to do something for productivity or because, you know, whatever, it enhances our child's skills, which has them having a better chance to get into a good college or something like that, right? No, Gio and I like to do things for no other reason than just for fun. And some of the things that we do revolve around baking. We like to bake decorative cakes and sometimes we have a bake-off. So Halloween a few years ago, we had this like Halloween themed challenge where we were challenging ourselves to make like the spookiest sort of Halloween cake and then make a creature out of cake batter. And we love watching those cake decorating shows. And as of late, for our guilty pleasure, we have been watching as a family something called Is It Cake? And it's so ridiculous. It's so nonsense, right? It's like senseless TV watching. There's nothing, you're not really learning any skills from it. But the premise is that there are these objects up on a stand and one of them is cake and one of them is not. And you have to guess which one is cake and which ones are not cake. And they all look the same. The cake actually looks like the objects. And then bakers challenge themselves to create things out of cake that look so realistic, whether it be a shoe, a purse, a suitcase. It's mind boggling. And we have been binge watching this as a family. And Gio came up with the idea that for Easter, he wants to have an entire like, is it cake trivia type of situation where we bake a bunch of Easter type things and then we challenge the rest of our family, my mom, my sister, my sister's fiance to guess which one is cake and which is not. Jamie is going to be the judge, one of the judges, and it's just going to be ridiculous and has no purpose whatsoever but for doing something silly. And when we are baking, Gio and I, it creates island time, meaning that it's like we're on an island. There's no interruption. There's just us and our hands and the ingredients and putting our creativity to use. And we're just in the flow state. 
Half the time we don't even end up eating all or most of what we bake, <laughs> right? Because we're just doing it for the fun of it. So we might give it away to other people. It's not about productivity. And there's a wonderful author that I've been reading lately. Her name is Kate Bowler, and you may have heard of her. She's written a couple of best-selling books, including... Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved and No Cure for Being Human. And then her latest one is a collection of sort of devotionals, but it's like reflections and it's called Good Enough. Kate has gone to divinity school and teaches at Duke Divinity and she was diagnosed in her mid-30s with stage 4 cancer. So she suddenly had to face this sort of lie that the world tells us in order to make us feel better that everything happens for a reason. She's married, she has a kid and so when she heard that news, it was like, what, what do you even say when someone says everything happens for a reason? There is no good reason for something like that. And so she ended up creating a podcast called everything happens full stop, just everything happens. And that feels a bit more true. If we live a life, things happen. And so she grapples with how do we still have faith or find joy or believe in the good of this world and have laughter and smiles in the midst of hardship? And so she truly is an expert in this field and reading her words in Good Enough as of late has really, really helped remind me that doing things just because they make us happy is completely worth doing them. <laughs> so she has done totally outlandish things like the world's biggest ball of yarn or whatever, things like that. And she just does ridiculous things that seem like a waste of time, but they bring joy. And so that's why it matters. And that's why it's worth the time spent. And so whenever I think about, okay, is there really a need for us to create a carrot looking object out of cake for Easter and then put it next to a real carrot and then have people judge which one is real and which one is cake? Is that really a productive use of time? No, but Gia wants to do it and it'll be really funny and it'll be a moment of connection and it creates island time, just us in the flow, present with each other. And I have found that in the midst of hardship, those are the things that get us through. Those are the things. And that is why Gio and I have Mama Gio coffee dates on Tuesday and sometimes Thursday afternoons where we go after school to a coffee shop and we sit and talk forever about whatever he wants to talk about. And then we go to the library and just nerd out on books. 
And yeah, could he be signed up for some enrichment activity? Yep. Should he maybe be doing his homework right after school? Maybe. Is there a better use of time? If you look on paper, maybe. But I think that those moments are the ones that really make a difference and that we cherish so, so much. In one of the books that I'm also reading, which I recommend, it's called Find Your Unicorn Space, and it's by Eve Rodsky. And she talks about that doing these creative practices are what help us weather the storms in our life. They're the medicine. That book is all about reclaiming your creative space reclaiming creative practices. So when I have these moments with geo of connection, it really does matter and make a difference. And then I think about that with so many other people in my life, right? So with Jamie, for us, it's going on walks together. It's going for drives where we play music and we have the windows down and we go for drives for no reason. We did this a ton during the two years of pandemic times. We just went for drives just to listen to music. And that's kind of like windshield time, right? Where it's like you find yourself having really deep conversations because you're both looking out at a shared space and you almost feel like you can be more open with someone else. I find that if you ever need to connect deeply with someone, sometimes walking side by side or driving together, sitting side by side, looking out at a shared center point allows you to do that. And it's like everything else melts away. And for my mom and sister and I, we have really, really good island time when we're in the pool during the summer. My mom has a, a pool in her backyard. And so because being a teacher, I've had a more flexible schedule during summer times. We would have a date usually once a week where Gio and I would drive to my mom's house that my sister would meet us there and we would all go in the pool together. And when you're in that pool, it's just you and each other and the water and talking and laughing and splashing and swimming. And it creates those moments of connection. And so when I think about healing, though, usually it is an internal job and sometimes needs to be like a solo job. So, of course, connecting with other people helps for sure. But what about for ourselves? Personally, for me, the last few weeks have been a really intense time of like caretaking. And I find that when I'm in a state of panic, I become really hyper vigilant. I feel as if I can't even blink or sleep. My job is to protect the world and to protect my loved ones. And I feel like I have to be on guard all of the time. So this creates quite a bit of anxiety and, and I can go very panicky in that direction. 
I experienced this a lot after my son was born. So suddenly here we are at home with this brand new baby and like it is our job to keep this tiny being safe. And I used to just watch that baby monitor for hours, just making sure Gio's chest was rising and falling, washing baby bottles many times, being so acutely aware of keeping him safe that it created quite a bit of anxiety and hypervigilant behaviors. And I know I'm not alone in that. And so what has helped? What has helped when I get in those states? You know, they they ebb and flow and I'll be away from that sort of worry for a while. And then when something happens, here I go feeling as if it's my sole job to save the world. Man, if worry could save the universe, I would be your superhero gal. (laughs) So what has helped? What has helped? Something happened this week that was so helpful in my healing. And it was a really, really small thing, but made a huge difference. Oftentimes, I kind of forget that there is a list of things that I love to do that have absolutely no productive value whatsoever, but they fill my heart with great joy. And one of the things that I had forgotten about that really, really soothes my soul is paddle boarding. And I had forgotten about it because it's been winter in the Midwest for about five months now. (laughs) Last Sunday, we had flurries. So in the midst of a lot of stuff going on, we were set to travel for our son's spring break. We were set to drive down to Florida for his spring break. And then this urgent family matter happened and we at first didn't know if we'd be able to go at all and so we ended up going later than we had expected but we drove down to Florida it was supposed to be about 14 hours it took about 21 hours (laughs) over the course of two days and there were the high highs and the low lows right so we we had fun listening to music and talking but then we also had boredom and stiff muscles and lots of traffic and all of the things you imagine with a road trip and then we finally got here And then no sooner than we had arrived, but then Gio started developing a sore throat and then his cough sounded a bit croup-ish and he had battled with croup when he was younger many, many times. So we spent one of our first mornings here in urgent care (laughs) because we had to make sure it wasn't croup or strep throat or whatever. And, um, so we definitely could have done the sort of like, okay, haven't we had enough stuff going on lately? Can we just like enjoy a moment of rest? Cause none of us have, have been sleeping well the past few weeks and it's, it's been very sleep deprived sort of situation. So we're like, can we just have a break? Luckily he did not have strep and it was just a cold, but he was a bit miserable. And so 
finally, after again, just me like kind of staying up, worrying about his cough and just lots of things. I was at the point a few days into our trip where I was frazzled. I had a headache. I was sleep deprived. I just was feeling like I need to keep it all together. I need to make sure everyone's good and everyone's healthy. And Jamie said to me, go, go do something for yourself. (laughs) Go. (laughs) And there are tons of dune lakes here. So there are like these lakes that end up like going into the ocean, but the lakes themselves are really calm and peaceful and they're beautiful, surrounded by dunes and trees and so many birds. And I've been wanting to paddleboard so badly. And yet I was afraid to go anywhere. I wanted to make sure that everyone was all right. And, you know, that Geo's cold didn't get worse. And I was like, okay, at Jamie's urging, he was like, go, 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 please. <laughs> so I booked a two-hour guided tour on a paddleboard. And it just so happened that I was the only one. So it was just me and the guide. And she was amazing. Her name is Kayla. And she was so incredible. And she took me all around this beautiful lake. And as soon as I got on the board and felt the sun on my skin and saw the big white puffy clouds and saw the ocean in the distance and heard the birds and saw the little crabs scuttling underneath the water. I just felt it. I felt teary-eyed with joy. I felt so much gratitude that I got to in that moment kind of release my worries, if not just for two hours. And what I love about the paddleboard, why it really creates island time for me is one, again, I'm on this little board, so I I can't be interrupted by technology and it's just me and my surroundings and nature and water. And I feel so connected with nature because I have to be aware. I have to be aware of the tide and the current and the water depth and the wind. And I have to be aware of what time of the day it is. I have to be aware of all of these things. And it just happens on a subconscious level. You feel the waves starting to get rocky and your legs automatically adjust and you adjust your stance. And okay, the wind is taking you in this direction and suddenly you're paddling on one side of the board to get you turning. And it just creates this thing where I'm in the present moment. I don't have a choice otherwise. I have to be. Otherwise, I will fall off the board. It is a moving meditation. And the best thing about it is that it changes my point of view. So think about most times when you're on the shore looking out at the water. That's usually your point of view. You're on the shore looking out at the water, but on the paddleboard, you're on the water looking in at the shore and all around. And you can't help but also change your perspective about whatever it is that you are going through. And that's why I love it so much. And I haven't been a long-term paddleboarder. You know, I grew up in the city. I grew up in Chicago, so I was not a paddleboarder. I got my first paddleboard 
in, when was it? May of 2020 for Mother's Day. Jamie and Gio got me a paddleboard because I had rented one twice before then and I absolutely loved it. And so they got me an inflatable paddleboard and I first took it out on the little pond that we used to live on. And it was May in Illinois, which meant it was still cold. So I was literally in a puffy jacket on the board on the lake, on the pond rather. It had like just thawed, you know? And so I was like, I don't care if there's water, I'm going out. And then over the course of our camper travels all last summer, I got to take that wonderful board out onto Lake Michigan near Door County, Upper Peninsula between Wisconsin and Michigan and New Hampshire and Maine on Cape Cod. And it is my absolute favorite. And it put me in such a place of gratitude and awe and reverence this week that it was the single most thing that has been healing my soul. So that long-winded <laughs> explanation is to just share that there's something that creates island time for you. What is it? Do you need to be reminded of it? What is it for you? What puts you in a bit of a bubble in a good way? What removes technology and distractions and interruptions? What allows you to be one with yourself and maybe possibly nature? What is that for you? We all have something. And part of that finding your unicorn space material that Eve Rodsky was talking about is doing something creative that is solely for your replenishment. And yes, you can share it with other people, but it, it's not about a relationship builder or anything like that. It's just what feeds your soul where you say to yourself, oh, I've missed this so much or, oh, I'm in the flow. It's like time disappears. What is that? So I urge you this week to find out what that is for you because it's not that in those two hours, everything in my life got tidied up again came back from those two hours and my son was still sick and the urgent family matter we had been dealing with was still going on, even though it's been getting better, it's still there. And so it's not like it fixes everything, but it does give your soul a healing balm for a little bit that allows you to face those storms a bit better or with a more replenished heart. And I did find that when I came back, I was able to be present for my family. And I was so full of goodness and joy that it was radiating out. One of the things that I love is there's an author named Shauna Nyquist, whom I've talked about many times on this podcast, but she has a new book coming out that I'm anxiously awaiting. It comes out April 12th, I believe, and it's called, I Guess I Haven't Learned That Yet. 
And she talks about many things in the book, as I've read from the summary. She moved from the suburbs of Chicago to New York City, she and her family, right before the pandemic. And so they love New York City. And also they had to deal with pandemic times there. And then she has also talked about dealing with perimenopause and and the changes that that creates. She has talked about being a known and public figure. You know, she's been on Oprah, um, but trying not to fall victim to the productivity culture that just will grind us out. And so in the book, she talks about all of these new lessons she has learned. And one of the things she said is that when they got to New York City, she and her family, and they were just feeling like total rookies, like just they didn't know how to take this subway correctly. They didn't know where to get groceries from. They didn't know how to navigate this or that. Rather than feeling like failures, they would say, I guess I haven't learned that yet. And so it just creates a helpful mindset of approaching new things, new life challenges in a way that is a bit more self-compassionate. So as I was on the board this past week on the paddle board, I was thinking about all of the ways that I had been berating myself for not having a million different kinds of knowledge that I I wish I had. I always in difficult situations want to know the most and be the best and be the best caretaker. And I don't know everything. And I try really, really hard and it's enough for everybody else, but not for me, the tyrant in my brain who will feel like it is never good enough. So I was reminded while I was on the paddleboard of Shauna's title. I guess I haven't learned that yet. The how can we know how to perfectly deal with any hardship if we haven't experienced it before? So I was really kind of letting that help me out. One of the other things that is really helping as well is Morgan Harper Nichols' book, which is called Peace is a Practice peace is a practice. She, as an adult, was diagnosed being on the autism spectrum. And so it helped her really understand a lot more about herself and why she tended to react or think or behave in ways during certain situations where she often would feel different from other people. And so the diagnosis for her has been very, very helpful and understanding herself and her own brain and why she might act a certain way or think a certain way. And it has been so validating for her. That's what she talks about in the book. And yet other people who are uninformed have had this sort of pity reaction to her and she's had to grapple with that. And so I was reading her book a couple of weeks ago, Peace is a Practice, all about this experience. And it is a reminder that our inner peace is a million little choices that we make every single day. So in the book, she talks about the many, many things that bring her peace and solace. And they're all the tiny decisions within a day. 
So those are the five books, my friends, that have been helping me over the last few weeks. Some of them I had read before My Urgent Family Matter, and some of them I have been reading since. And I think they all have a sort of theme in common, which is how do we help ourselves heal when we're in the midst of hardship? How do we create a soothing balm for our souls? I think any or all of these books might bring you some peace and reprieve today. So I hope that that's helpful. Okay, my friends, thank you for listening and for letting me open up to you and share what's helping me. I hope that today you feel seen and that you see yourself and that you find something that creates island time for you. It's well worth it. If you have something that you love to do, let me know. For me, it's paddleboarding. For you, I want to know what it is. You can always take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram at Nadine Kenny Johnstone and let me know what is your island time activity. I would love to gather a list. I really want to know. Also, if you have a book that has been helping you heal through hard times, like the five that I've mentioned, you can um, send me a comment on Instagram or a DM. Okay. Thank you to Michelle Rado. You're the best producer ever. And I also want to remind everyone that on April 7th, I have a new course that's starting. It's an old favorite, but with a new spin. So Publish the Personal is my most popular class ever. I help get people featured in publications and it has been awesome. So many successes have come out of that class and this one is podcast edition. So I'm teaching people how to get their work featured on podcasts and what really engages listeners And as a bonus, anybody who signs up for the class will be reading a short piece of their writing on Heart of the Story. So you can't go wrong. It starts April 7th. You can find out more on my website, needingkennyjohnstone.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. And if you join my newsletter, you'll also get the code to get $50 off. So you can do all that on needingkennyjohnstone.com. All right, everyone, remember, every heart has a story, and every story has a heart. See you next week.